Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Salut tout le monde. Hey everybody, I am Marc Dumont and I am happy to see everyone in the chat. It's such a warm feeling. I come to the chat and everyone's already hanging out, having a good time. Hey, it wasn't the best end of a game or it wasn't the best second and third periods. Really, it wasn't the best game at all. The Habs kind of blew it, but there are some positives to talk about. And we're also going to discuss the PWHL game, which Marie-Philippe Poulain, trois buts, trois buts. So she's back to her uh, dominant ways, which is always fun to see. Tonight, the Habs lost 3-2 in the shootout to the Flyers. Let's be perfectly honest. This was a stolen point. This was... Caden uh, Primo played fantastic. Um, he's about the only Montreal Canadiens player that did. Now, there's some defensive players I want to give praise to. Praise to. Uh, praise to. And uh, we're also going to talk about the cutter Gauthier deal. For those that didn't hear, the Habs got offered cutter Gauthier from the Flyers at the draft. Uh, at the last draft. The Habs refused the deal, decided to pick David Reinbacker. Now, we'll get into it later, but keep in mind here, the Flyers also wanted to, drive, to draft Reinbacker. So before anyone gets upset, you know, there was a lot of interest in David Reinbacker. Also, we're going to talk about Owen Beck. Uh, dominant, dominant start with his new team. So we're seeing him uh, play really well with Saginaw, and that's fun. I believe it's just six points tonight for Owen Beck. Just six points in his debut. Hey, it's fun to see him with a team that really, you know, listen, the Pete's have been good. good. Um, Mississauga was okay, but now we're really seeing him with a really strong team, and that will be interesting to see how it pans going forward. Saginaw hosting the Memorial Cup. All right, so uh, before we get going, I would just want to thank absolutely everyone for joining us. Sérieux, merci de vous voir, mes amis. I see everyone here. And before the show even got going, Alexandre Christian predicted I would trade Jake Allen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defy the odds here and say I'm going to trade both Caden Primo and Jake Allen, but we'll get into that later. If you could like the chat, I'd appreciate it. Uh, subscribe. If you subscribe and we get to, I think, 100,000, we get a lot more options on our streams. All right, so I'd also want to hear from all of you in the chat. Who was your player of the game not named Caden Primo? Just give me some suggestions. I thought we saw some good and bad from that top line. We saw some good and bad defensively. Personally, these are my two picks. I'd say Harris and Struble looked very good. Struble more than Harris. It was a bit of a rough night for Harris with some bad plays. But overall, they controlled like 60% of the shots, 70% of the expected goals in a game where the Habs were outshot 10,000 to 1. That is not bad. So um, we'll talk about the entire game. And also here, another interesting point brought up by Zach Weeks. Drysdale looked very good for the Flyers. So we'll talk about the discrepancy in rebuilds here. The Flyers saw there's something good happening. And, and they have a top 10 expected goals this year. So the Flyers didn't just acquire Drysdale because they were overachieving. They're actually playing pretty well. I thought it was an interesting move by Daniel Briere. Uh, you know, moving a guy like Cutter Gauthier right after the World Juniors. That's... Between the draft and, and the NHL, that's as high as value he's going to get. So, given that he had no leverage, I think all in all, uh, Daniel Briard did a great job moving uh, Gauthier. And he got a, a second round pick out of it. So, you know, tough situation, all in all. Um, especially a team like Philly. They want, they need, they're kind of like the Habs. They need that, that forward that has impact. They have Mishkov, but, you know, losing Gauthier is a bit of a hit. Drysdale, legit top four defenseman. So, I thought he looked really good. 
J Money mentions Cutter Gauthier is a bust. Now you can't be a bust with that name. Cutter Gauthier is just a legit hockey name. The only better one that I've heard recently was Hayden Hockey. Remember that? The goaltender for the Habs. But uh, Cutter Gauthier, legitimate, legitimate hockey name. And of course, as Frédéric Wallet mentions in our chat, we're going to talk about Marie-Philippe Poulain. Trois buts. Trois buts ce soir. The uh, PWHL Montreal game, uh, team won their game. There was no Laura Stacy. There was, uh, and who else was missing? And Sophie Bette was also missing. So great game by the PWHL Montreal uh, chapter. All right, so we're going to jump into the chat and I'm going to just feed off all of you. So if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask. Right now, the number one thing that I'm looking at is Trinka talking about what happened to Slavkovsky. Slavkovsky took a slight hit and went back to the room, came back, looked okay. Now, the word is going around that Slavkovsky's had a bit of a knock. So when we say knock, that's kind of, uh, if you watch any kind of soccer or English Premier League, it's that he's playing, but he's not doing, like he's got a slight injury. You know, just like all of us. So I thought that uh, it was interesting uh, to see him come back. And, and obviously, if the Habs aren't shutting him down, given their, their injury issues, it can't be that severe. Or in three games, we're going to talk about why they should have shot <laughs> shut Slavkovsky uh, down. Simon Laramie mentions Gouli. Great game. Uh, 40, 50 block shots. Okay, I think it was 42. But if we go and we look at the, I can throw it in the chat. I'm going to go do this live. I know, very professional. There's game stats that come out. It's the game card after every game. I'm going to go take a look because I get the sense that Caden Gooley had an excellent game. Like an excellent, and it's it's encouraging for Gooley. Because we saw a guy that started out just on fire this year. He was playing incredibly well. Um, had a bit of a dip. It's easy to forget that he's very young. But now we're seeing him surge again. And, oh, there you go. Yeah. Kaden Gooley, I'm going to throw that in the chat right away for those on the podcast. You can't see this, but it's essentially a chart showing Kaden Gooley was excellent. So we're going to see, uh, hopefully, a nice little stretch of hockey from Gooley where he goes back to his dominant ways. Again, I'm not, I'm not worried about him. I have anything or not. 21 years old, you're not going to dominate. Um, but when Gooley doesn't play well, the halves don't play well. So there's a strong connection with his performance, right? Okay, and we also have, hey, Melissa Fournier-Martinez, who's been in all our chats this year, mentions Montreal hockey players and injuries. Yeah, it's uh, the PWHL Montreal is going through their own issues right now with Betty out and obviously Stacy out. Uh, Marie-Philippe Poulain. <laughs> I kind of chuckled. Her fiancé is out of the game and all of a sudden Poulain starts scoring goals. <laughs> you know, it's always a fun uh, uh, link in the chemistry there. The, the two are excellent hockey players. I just thought it was a kind of a funny situation. We're seeing also De Bien play fantastic for Montreal and Lode Gardien but I forget, sorry, but they're getting strong goaltending. So it was, it was a rough start for the PWHL Montreal. They, uh, against the Ottawa, they really didn't play all that well. And then against Minnesota, I mean, they got goalied pretty hard. So it's nice to see them get back on track. Salut Jean Smart is in the chat as per usual. We're going to say hi to him. We're going to say hi. Moise, Mary is here. Did I watch the game, you ask? Yeah, I in, indeed, I watched the game, Moise. Oh, did I watch the PWHL Montreal game? In parts. I didn't catch the whole thing. I'll, be, I'll admit, in the middle of the game, I, the Habs game, I started to get bored and I was checking out a little bit the PWHL Montreal game. Uh, just because it's entertaining hockey. And I know it's been like three sh shows in a row. I don't stop talking about the PWHL, but it's just great hockey. We saw tonight Heisey uh, uh, just score a great goal. Uh, for for many and we're seeing just the stars come out to shine so it's just absolutely great hockey and i encourage everyone to watch it if you're going to watch a game in montreal laval has the opener and then centre 2102 if you haven't gone great games but are a great uh, venue i believe the first game sold out the second game has a few tickets left so get on that all right Getting back to the Habs tonight, as we saw, Caden Gooley played quite well. And there's another guy that played quite well. So let's jump right into the trades. Sean Monahan. It's not Jake Allen. You thought it was going to be Jake Allen. It's not Jake Allen. Sean Monahan, to me, has to be one of the most attractive players on the trade market right now. If you're a contending team, you want a guy who can play up and down the lineup, Sean Monahan, play on the penalty kill, Sean Monahan, play on the power play, guess who I'm going to name? Sean Monahan is good at five on five, is good in transition, is great at face-offs, can play on the wing, can play center. Is there anything he doesn't do? And the most tiny, tiny cap hit. 
So by the time the trade deadline rolls around, any contending team can toss him in there and also go acquire someone else. It's always easy to say, oh, they'll get a first round pick, but I'm looking at the guys available and I'm thinking, man, Sean Monahan's one of a kind available on the trade market. So it would be interesting to see the offers right now. I know that uh, a few teams were inquiring seriously last year before Monaghan got, uh, he got Habs real, real bad with that injury. So anyways, the more he scores, as we saw tonight, that nice tip, the more uh, I think you can expect a legitimate return at the deadline. And and if I'm the Canadians, if, if I see as a blister, I'm shutting him down for the game. Like <laughs> I don't want to be paranoid here, but man, you slight headache, Monaghan, sit until the deadline they have to protect their deadline assets at all costs um let's jump back into the chat here yeah when we have some fans some trinka mentions from massachusetts you know what i wrote massachusetts i'm so proud i wrote it the other day with without googling it yeah just like uh, shane ghostus bear no i've never managed to write his name without googling it but yeah it's always fun to see all our fans. And we have people from around the world. So we're really, really lucky. Uh, Alexandre. Oh, so it's, it's Alexandre Christian then, if you're from Massachusetts. I had a friend from Massachusetts. His name was Toussignan. It's his last name. And he came to Canada for the first time. And he comes to me and says, what the hell does my last name sound like? So I said, Toussignan. And he says, oh, cool, because we've been calling it Toussignant. So it's always fun to see the French connection there. Over uh, There is a strong French connection over in that area. Jordan Harris tonight, speaking of Massachusetts, Alexandre Christian lives nearby. I believe he's from Haverford, or what's the what's the name of the city that Jordan Harris is from? I knew it. I'm just going to Google it just to make sure. He is from Haverhill. Very close. Either way, Jordan Harris, since he's returned from injury, has completely flipped the script. He was great last year with Kovacevic, and I think everyone was kind of watching in anticipation how he would jump in this year because he's one of those guys that gets thrown in every trade. He gets cut every time someone comes up with a lineup. He's a guy that's largely ignored uh, by the Habs fan, the the, the fan base in terms of the long-term rebuild, but to me, that's a mistake. Now, last year, great numbers with Kovacevic. To start this year, we can admit it, he had a rough time. He had a very, very rough time. After the injury, though, it's been seven games. His numbers have skyrocketed. So in those seven games, he leaves the Habs in high danger chances, goal share, expected goal share, shots. So what that means, to, 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 to bring down the nerd level a little bit, is when he's on the ice, the Habs are essentially a dominant team. Like, he's at like 55% in all this. Anything over 50 is good. The thing is, other than Struble, who's been good in the third line, uh, third pairing with him, no other forward or defenseman has managed those stats in the last seven games because they've been rough games. So I think we have to kind of give some praise to, to those two playing quite well together, but especially Harris because Struble's numbers, which they were doing great, they sort of started to normalize. As soon as Harris came in, back right up there, skyrocketing. So I think you have a great third pairing in Jordan Harris and, uh, and Jaden Struble. And I know people expect more offense from Harris, but that's not really his game. You know, he's, he's more of that two-way defenseman that uh, can drive the play, but also he's good defensively. That's what we're seeing this year. He by far has the better best defensive numbers in the new year. Let's put it that way. And I think that's very encouraging, especially a low body injury, right? Mobility comes into play. So we always praise Jaden Struble. I'm going to go ahead and praise uh, Jordan Harris tonight. Uh, all right. Oh, I can bring the volume up, John. No problem. Oh, actually, can I? Yeah. Let me go mess in my settings here. I have such a loud annoying voice that rare do people ask me to speak up all right is this is this a little bit better i do i do test test all right let's take a okay now the next topic that we're going to discuss because trizak knows it's been 10 minutes i haven't traded jake allen okay i i think and this might be a bad game to do it since caden primo just had a like just fantastic and and Props to Gaden Primo, because first of all, it sucks sharing a net with three goalies. And <laughs> it's not funny, but this is the exact same situation he had in Laval. I remember, okay, here's what I would do with Kaden Primo. I would go ask him a question, and then a month later, I'd come ask him the exact same question, but kind of worded differently. And every time he caught me, he's the only guy that ever caught me. He's like, you just, you asked that question three weeks ago, but slightly different. So we know that he's a smart guy, but he also admitted... At the time, it was Charlie Lindgren and Michael McNiven 
it sucks sharing a net. It really, really sucks sharing a net. It's bad for development. It's bad for the psyche. You know, at least when you're a starter or a backup, you know what your role is going to be. Now he's just waiting. He hadn't played since December 28th. Rough game against Carolina. And I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, he's really coming into his own in a tough situation. Like, like Caden Primo has no business being good when he's sitting for two weeks at a time. But I think we do have to give him some praise. And a lot of people were giving up on him. I almost started giving up on him, and you know I've been a big kid and primo booster, uh, but uh, it's clear now that there's some potential there. And, and hey, it's a good way to remember that uh, goalie development is weird. It's slow. 24-26, a lot of guys start coming into their own. We saw it with Samuel Montabo. We're kind of seeing it with Primo. I don't want to jump the gun here and say he's, he's a guy they should keep. I actually think this presents the Canadians with a good situation. So, here we go. We're going to trade Allen, okay? We're going to trade Allen to the Devils or the Oilers. Oh, by the way, Montabou is going to start tomorrow and Allen's going to start on Saturday versus the Oilers. Coincidence? Probably, but still, it's going to give the Oilers a good chance to uh, to take a look at, uh, at um, Jake Allen up close. And this is a guy, Jake Allen, that the Oilers have asked about. So, you know, don't be surprised if there's a deal in the future there. But anyways, so whether it's New Jersey, whether it's... Um, Carolina or the Oilers, they all have bottom five save percentage in the entire NHL. And these are all teams that need a goaltender. Throw Jake Allen in the mix and they'll be better. But I think you might be able to get a better return with Samuel Montembeau. Now, there's the risk. Yeah, of course, you might lose a goaltender that ended up being good. But I think the return would be massively better for a guy like Montembeau, uh, Primo because, again, the cap hit is so low. So... I know it's fun to hold on to everyone, but sometimes there's opportunities to get your return on the asset. And if he keeps playing like this, you might be able to get a much better asset at the trade deadline. I just don't know if teams would have faith in a guy. Like, I feel like even if he ends up with better numbers, they'd have faith in Allen. And hey, getting out of that next year contract is, is good too. But there might be a situation where Caden Primo gets moved. Um, Moise Mary mentions... I don't mind the three system. Yeah, it takes off pressure, a bad night from a rookie. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it's it's a low-pressure situation, but goaltenders love high-pressure situations. So I I know they've been playing nice, but we've been seeing Jake Allen last year. He played nice this year, a little less nice. Coming into camp, he said, I want more starts. Um, we know Montembeau deserves more starts, one of the best goalies this year. And obviously, Primo, for trades and development, needs more starts. So it's just never a healthy situation for goaltenders. Let's put it that way. Uh, Melissa fournier Masnais mentions in our chat, can someone explain to me how Slaff went from scoring the goal to having an assist? <laughs> I've watched some replays, but they're so short, I can't imagine, I can't manage to understand. He was part of the passing play, which led to the Saval, pa uh, Saval shot, essentially. That's how I look at it. I would um, say that even if he didn't get the goal tonight, Uri Slavkovsky is using his frame. We're seeing it ever since he's been on that top line. And it wasn't Nick Suzuki's best game. It wasn't Cole Caulfield's best game. They both had chances. But um, Slavkovsky is going to the net. He's creating havoc. He's he's using his huge size advantage uh, for the benefit of the Canadians. So it's just fun seeing him use that that size. Like It's as if that every time he gets on the ice, you're like, hey, Slavkovsky, you're like four times bigger than everyone, right? Go out and use it. So we're seeing him come to that realization that your ice Slavkovsky has a massive frame. And even if he didn't tip that, doesn't matter. He did good work in front of the net. And that's what you want to see from him. Like we know Slavkovsky is never going to be a, a pure 30 goal score, a clean score. But if he can score 15 a year, Dino Cicciarelli style, um, and maybe another 10 in another way, that would be great considering that there was no, uh, you know, no one really expected him to be an offensive phenom. Yeah, as, as Trinka mentions, big boy body. I like to always say, and I say it for Kirby Doc, it's when they realize these guys have a, uh, uh, Clifford the dog type size advantage. That's what happens with Slavkovsky when he realizes I can just shove these people out of the way. And another thing that uh, has been interesting as Josh the nerd says, don't forget your huge Slav, it's that Slavkovsky has done a much better job this year keeping his head up. Remember at camp last year, not even at camp, at the rookie evaluation Buffalo, he was getting lit up. Uh, he got hit, what, six, seven times really badly last year. Tonight, he got hit. It was up against the boards, but he wasn't going head down into the zone. Uh, so he's really, in my opinion, done a much better job protecting himself. 
And as Josh the Nerd mentions, I can't wait for Kirby Doc to come back. As we talk about Slavkovsky is relevant to mention Doc, man, what could have been, right? I mean, he's doing great on the first line, but what could have been there? Those numbers were fantastic. And me as the resident nerd, every time I look at their stats, there's Kirby Doc that's sitting on top of all of them. You know, 18 minutes played, 70% possession. So, yeah, I, uh, I think that uh, the Canadians miss him too. Absolutely. But hey, man. Everyone loses players. We see Chicago right now has um, just put their janitor as their second-line senator. So, you know, <laughs> every team has injury issues, not just the Montreal Canadiens. All right. If there's anything else you want to talk about this game, because honestly, I feel like it was just a good start, faded down the stretch. Um, and that's what happens with the Canadians. It's either they start strong and then lose their focus, like a golden retriever in a park, you know, run, 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 squirrel, or... They don't show up until the last 15 minutes. And it's part preparation from Martin Saint-Louis. Don't forget, he's still a young coach, but it's also a talent issue, right? So the Flyers are a more talented team. We saw um, a lot more offensive prowess there. And I guess the Habs are just lucky tonight to, to steal a point. Last year, everyone blamed the goalies. It wasn't true. The goalies weren't the ones that really made the difference last year. Um, this year... The Habs are being saved by their goalies, or if you're team tank, they're ruining the chances of getting Macklin Celebrini. Okay, uh, Trizak mentions in our chat uh, from Habs and High Heels. Actually, she, I, I, I've been wanting to get Priyanta on the show. I'm going to ask her soon. Habs had two full practice days ahead of tonight's game versus the Flyers. Yeah, It's hard to reasonably understand why the team were not ready to play uh, from puck drop. I agree with that. Um, one of the issues, though, and I know Andrew loved this. He's like, it's fine, but the Habs don't practice their special teams. And there's logic there, right? You do the five-on-five five because you're five-on-five five for 50 minutes a game. You know, it's 80% of your ice time. But it's cost the Habs several times. It's cost them. Their penalty kill is awful. It is absolutely awful. The power play, not so great either. Let's forget, like, not forget the Flyers had, a, what, the 30th power play in the league? And, you know, immediately scored. Drysdale got his first point as a flyer. So, in my opinion, it's an issue. And I feel like if they ignore it any longer, it's a failure on the coach's part. I, I get it. One thing at a time. But it's really, really demoralizing the team having terrible special teams. So, I would, uh, I would focus on that a little bit more. Another good topic that we can discuss tonight is what John Small brings up. We need to talk about the Suzuki for Selkie article. Okay. I didn't read it. Why? Because I've been banging this drum all year. I, I, listen, I love that Dom wrote that. Great. And and everyone gave Dom crap last year when he mentioned Suzuki shooting percentage. Listen, putting his face up on the article and putting worst, worst contracts was there, it was a choice. Um, but I do give him credit because he is faithful to his numbers. And even if his numbers a year later say like, hey, you made a mistake last year, he's still going to put them out there. So credit to him for mentioning it. However... I mentioned it a month ago, <laughs> so I love you, Dom, but the national media took a little bit longer to jump onto this than, than we did. Everyone in the chat knows that we've been discussing his emergence this year. Even before Caulfield and Slavkowski joined that line, his numbers through the roof. And it's interesting because Nick Suzuki, his underlying numbers with Martin Sanui have been bad, come like very, very bad. I'm talking New York bagel bad. Which is just a it's, a, it's a roll with a hole. Let's admit it. People in New York, you don't have bagels. You have a roll with a hole. Um, and this year we're seeing Nick Suzuki play excellent hockey. Fantastic possession metrics. Now, some people say, hey, he'd be a great second-line center on a contending team. Listen, he's doing this as a first-line center on a non-contending team facing the opposing team's best players with very little help. So... I'd say that's a harder assignment than being a second-line center on a very good team, but to each their own. To me, you're just seeing a guy really come into his own uh, in all three zones defensively. The neutral zone, he's been great in transition and offensively. Not his best night tonight, but we're seeing he's been driving the offense all year long. Okay, next topic. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to throw them in the chat. Make sure you like the chat. Um... And subscribe. Next topic. I have very strong thoughts on this one. I'm going to say Arbor Jacki has absolutely no business being in the AHL. Like, it's not even a matter of the Habs missing his physical presence. 
doesn't matter. But yeah, it'd be great if he's out there, you know, stealing Zach Cassian and Ryan Reeves' soul. That's fun. We love seeing that. But the most important thing for Arbor Jackai is that he was the Habs' best defenseman, statistically speaking. I'm going full nerd here. Led them in expected goals, high danger chances, goal share, shot share. He had the lowest shots against when he was on the ice. When Arbor Jackai was on the ice, the Habs controlled the play. And no other defenseman has come close to reaching him there. Now, some people will say he's on the third pairing. It's a lot easier. Sure. But he's outplayed everyone else that's only been on the third pairing as well. So to me, Arbor Jackai, it's a no-brainer that he should be in the NHL. Um, now, Martin Saint-Louis likes offense from his defenseman. Me, I'm kind of in the middle. I prefer they be good defensively and then offensively. But um, I feel like maybe we're kind of trying to get blood from a stone here because listen and i'm not trying to discredit arbor jackai but this is an undrafted defenseman from the ohl that went straight to the nhl guess how many have done it before arbor jackai zero absolutely zero no no other defenseman's ever done that from the ohl undrafted straight into an nhl lineup he's the first ever um almost a point per game in the AHL. Now he's doing great things for logan mayu someone else mentioned here melissa is that i don't think there's a rush to bring him back hey Jack has been a stabilizing factor for the Laval Rocket. They've won eight of their last 10 games. Uh, they were losing 4-3 to Utica tonight, but it doesn't matter. Since Jack has gone there, Logan Mayu's numbers have gone up. The Rocket's numbers have gone up. So it's great for them. But I feel it's unfair for a guy that you've asked absolutely everything you could from him, and he's delivered. He's over-delivered. At this point, you can't expect him to get 10 goals a year. Now, again, I get Martin saint loves offensive production from his players, but... I, I really strongly believe that there's a place in the NHL for, for Jack. I know there's some line juggling that would have to happen. You might even have to send a guy like Barron down, but he deserves to be in the NHL full stop. We saw Yuri Slavkovsky mentioned in his blog today. He does a blog for NHL Slovakia. He misses his buddies. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do during my time off. I'm going to have to go talk to Arbor. You know, I'm a little lost without him. So there's also that, that kind of leader value. I know he's young, but he's, everyone looks up to him. Um, just because he's like that calm, stoic guy. So, again, I get why he's in the NHL, but he deserves to be in the NHL. Arbor Jackye is an NHL caliber player. And, and, again, don't forget, I, I really wasn't sure about him. I'm going by the numbers here. So, anyone that says, oh, he's a plug, whatnot, no, go check out his numbers. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Trizak mentions a 6-5 loss in overtime against Utica tonight. Okay, well, hey, so they're 7-3 in their last 10 games. They're also, since Jack Eye's been there, Joshua Roy has been scoring a whole lot more, um, which is very encouraging to see. So he's kind of had that, that impact on everyone. And, and he's only fought once, kind of obliged the guy. He's keeping his, his knuckles, you know, he's keeping them nice and soft, which is good. You don't want him fighting in the AHL and you don't want, like, no offense to uh, Imama for the Senators, but there's no point in fighting him, right? Like, and he's a big, scary dude. I'm sure he can fight quite well, but there's no point in Jack Eye fighting him. Right, so I just don't see what else you can ask from Arbor Jackai right now. You ask him to go down and play well defensively. He's been elite defensively down there, but he was already good up here. So what does Arbor Jackai need to do to get back in the NHL? Maybe he's got to wait until the trade deadline. That's that's the reality right now. There's a logjam, and we can't necessarily afford a spot for Arbor Jackai. All right, so one of the interesting things with the top line and 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 Muiz mentions it here is we've been seeing a lot more production from them a lot, a lot better play um he wants to see more or sorry they want to see more from Slavkovsky so his board game has been good and, and we've seen him use his body a little more in the forecheck he's been strong now let's be the, now here's the other part he's on pace for 28 points this year 27 points this year so there's that other side of it we have to be realistic and listen i understand the development's gone it's been rough for slavkovsky it's not his fault developing in the nhl is such a mind-blowing thing to do it's really really difficult um but we do need to see more from from him in the long run and i think the biggest thing for him is his shooting right you, you get a lot more confidence practice with uh, your shooting coach take that shot he it wasn't tonight he did quite well the last game he passed five or six times where he shouldn't have. Tonight, we saw him get that great uh, scoring chance. We just couldn't quite lift the puck on the breakaway. So I would like to see a little bit more, uh, I guess, sorry, nifty mittens in close 
from Uri Slavkovsky. That'll come. Again, he's the youngest guy in the lineup, and he will be for a while. But I'm with you here. I, I, I really like what we've seen from Uri Slavkovsky, but you do need more in the long run. Like, Yoel Armia has more goals than him, right? And again, I know different situations, but you want to see more uh, from Uri Slavkovsky. It'll come. It'll come. But we also have to kind of slow the horses down with our excitement and note that the process has been good, but it's been slow. But still good, right? Still good. And there you go. As Jean Simon mentions, he's half a point a game on the first line. Hey, that's that's quite good. I know some people are going to scoff. You know, not every team gets to draft a Matthews overall, first overall, but uh, that's an improvement. And on a team like the Habs, it's actually pretty good. We're going to have to keep monitoring him, but I wouldn't expect him to finish, you know, above 40 points this year, or sorry, above 45, which is kind of what would be a huge, huge increase in points for him. If he cracks 35, it was a good year for him. Because again, I think last year was absolutely a lost season in development for uh, for Uri Slavkovsky. I mean, it was just just an absolute waste. Not a, none of it was his fault. I, I purely blame management for that, but it was a lost year. So if we consider this his first true year in earnest in the NHL, pretty good. But I'm, I'm with Mwiz. We need to see more from Uri Slavkovsky. It'll come. It'll come in the future. Um, Claire, hi Claire. I haven't said hi to Claire yet. Hello, Claire. Claire's going to a PWHL game soon, which is smart. I haven't got my tickets and they're all sold out. Well, almost. Lindstrom got claimed. That frees up the spot, mentions Alexon. And then Claire says, Yeah, what do you think of the Lindstrom waiver situation? Good. <laughs> I, I hate to. Okay, the Habs lost one of their most handsome defensemen. Man, what a looker. But. He was bad. He was he was a bad player. I don't know. I hope I don't know how else to put it. He he's he statistically one of the worst defensemen in the entire NHL. Like over the last five years. Now three goals. That was great. We got to see him score against his former team. That's cool. His parents were there. That's cool. Statistically bad. Very very bad. I like. I don't know how else to put it. He's just terrible. He he was he was Tim Hortons coffee. He was just. Just, just left a putrid taste in your mouth. And it's, again, it wasn't his fault, right? He was trying to, he was forced to play on the first pairing. And that is not Gustav Lindstrom's forte. I mean, a third pairing would not be his forte. Anyways, the reason, in my opinion, he got claimed, not just a Drysdale trade, but because he's a right-handed defenseman. It's the same reason the Habs claimed them. Right-handed defensemen are gold. Now, those that will remember when Jared was on the other night, I went on this huge rant about how players never get picked <laughs> on waivers unless you're the Leafs, who apparently the entire league wants their players. But So I was wrong, Jared. I will take all of that back. Clearly, there is some interest. But again, it was just because he's a right-handed defenseman. That's really, really what it was. Okay, so we're going to move on uh, away from the game. We're going to talk about the cutter Gauthier trade. Don't forget, like, subscribe. You know, the same drivel everyone tells you. And if you have any questions, throw them in the chat. But we're going to discuss... Cutter Gauthier and probably wrap it up because we have another game tomorrow against the lowly San Jose Sharks. You know the Sharks have like 20 points in 41 games? <laughs> I mean, like their their drive for Celebrini is just impressive. Like that, they statistically have the worst season, I believe, in NHL history. And uh, except for the Senators, which, by the way, I went to all those games at the Civic Center in the 92-93 year. Um, but the Senators... They had ties. There were still ties back back then, right? So we're talking about overtime points. Statistically, if you take all those points away, I believe the they have the worst season in history. So a perfect time for the Habs to kind of you know play well and, and get shake off the uh, the foul taste in our mouth from the half the second half of the game tonight. All right, Cutter Gauthier. We all heard about the trade, right? Technically, he's the reason. The Habs lost. There's a lot of Habs connection here. The Habs lost Lindstrom because once Drysdale went to the Flyers, well, they're missing a right-handed defenseman. One pops up. And again, they're so popular on waivers. Right-handed defensemen are gold. Gold, gold, gold. Um, but the interesting thing here is that Cutter Gauthier was offered to the Montreal Canadiens at the draft. So what happened, uh, according to Charlie O'Connor, which you know I know him very well. He, he doesn't lie about this kind of stuff. Um, basically, Gauthier had given the indication that he wasn't too, too happy playing for the Flyers. Like, listen, whether it's the fact that he was a Penguins fan growing up or that John Tortorella exists, who knows? But 
she had already given them the indication that he didn't want to go that route. He wasn't going to sign with them, didn't want to play with them. So as early as the draft, they were trying to move him. Recently at the World Juniors, he didn't even return their calls. Like, like he wasn't even, it was just a straight up ghosting <laughs> the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, but the offer was Cutter Gauthier for the fifth overall pick. Now, Cutter Gauthier was what, ninth or sixth the year? Who cares? It doesn't matter. He's playing really well for Boston College. I get to watch him a lot with Fowler. He's a shooter, man. Volume shooter. And, and that's what's kind of attractive for the Habs. They need, you know what he reminds me of? Cutter Gauthier reminds you of Max Pacioretty with a little more pep in his step and slightly worse accuracy. So volume shooter that uh, constantly drives the net, that, that that's putting tons of rubber on net. Um, defensively, a bit of a struggle, if I'm being perfectly honest. But hey, it would have been interesting to get him there. But the other part was the Flyers were trying to do two things when they did that trade. First, make sure that they could drive uh, draft David Reinbacker. So there's clearly interest there. They knew that he wasn't, and they weren't, he wasn't going to get past Arizona and they were worried he wasn't getting past Montreal. And also, it meant that they could secure Matvey Mishkov, right? So it was kind of a double-pronged approach by the Flyers there. And I think it was, some, you know, it was a pretty interesting offer. It's easy to say you would have made that trade. And I want to hear from the chat. I don't know if I would have made that trade on trade day. And, and I've been banging the drum for more offensive prospects forever. I just... You know, when you have guys calling and, and Nashville was calling, everyone was calling and, and they really wanted that spot to go grab Reinbacker. And this is, don't forget, this is before Reinbacker. He's had a rough year this year, injuries, and his play has actually not improved that much since the, the coach change. But I don't think I would have pulled the trigger in the heat of the moment. And it probably would have been a mistake, but I have to be honest here. I don't think I would have pulled the trigger. I just, I, I mean... Well, also, the other part is that you have to make sure Gotze wanted to sign with the Habs, but I'm not worried about that. Kent Hughes, NCAA master. Lane Hudson will sign 10 seconds after the season is over this year. But I, I just, I have to admit, I really don't think I would have taken the deal. Then again, I'd be a terrible, terrible GM, so maybe we shouldn't listen to me. Um, Melissa says, yeah, I think it was a good call to not trade a number five pick. Yeah, see, again, everyone... Nowadays, they're saying, oh, which would you rather have? You have to go in your mind that on draft day, right? David Reinbacher was easily rated as the highest defenseman, the best defenseman available. Again, I've been very critical of him this year, but we don't have that in hindsight when we're looking at the trade. So I agree with Medisa here. I, I don't, don't think it would have, at least I wouldn't have jumped at it as some people are saying they would have now. Uh, Trizak says, if the Habs had picked Nemich, oh, Nemich was my guy. Nemec or Yerichek I thought was really good, but Nemec was my guy. Instead of Slavkovsky, do the Habs do the Gotze deal? Yeah, probably. But Nemec, he's a, he's a, is he right-handed? I should know this. I do know it, and I'm just Googling something else completely. I think he's right-handed, right? That's why he went so, so quickly. Yeah. I, I think so. I think so, Trezak. Yeah. If the Habs have Nemec looking great, and I think Nemec is going to be an all-star. I, I absolutely love that guy. Uh, yeah, I think they probably do the, go the Gauthier deal. Because Ken Hughes is obsessed with right-handed defensemen. Just obsessed. He's the kind of, like, you know, he's the kind of guy that if you'd go on a, on a road trip, he'd want to stop at every single, like, uh, flea sale to look for a right-handed defenseman, you know. Um, flea market is what I meant to say there, yeah, to, to look for a right-handed defenseman. So I think if they had an image, yeah, they probably would have gone with the, the cutter Gauthier deal, yeah. Uh, Evan mentions, oh, Evan was the one that mentioned last time Adam Brooks was the last Hab to get claimed. Well, now it's Gustav Lidstrom. All right, Evan mentions, uh, hell no, you don't trade for a guy who's already a problem before signing his ELC. Okay, I get that position. It's fair. I'm sure some of you have it. It's terrible in my mind, though. I hate it. I hate that position. I get it, but I hate it. Here's why. From 18 years old, you essentially, you don't get to pick where you're going to go. And until you're about 27... You're stuck with this team. So you have almost 10 years of control just given to a team for absolutely no reason. It's the, one of the only leagues in the world that does this. Like, listen, like in my opinion, we should go right to the relegation style with soccer. Best teams, you're the most winning team. You get a player. I hate the idea of rewarding bad teams with good players. But um, I don't mind when guys dictate where they're going to go, man. Like, could you, you might, okay, take it out of any other context in hockey and you'd be like, yeah, damn straight that person gets to dictate where they want to be in their next 10 years, right? Like that's almost the entirety of their prime. That's where they're going to be living. If they're going to be far away from their family, that sucks. If they're going to be a city they don't like, that sucks. 
So we're going to see this a lot more. And I think the NCAA is going to have a lot more in terms of high-end tech. We're already seeing it, but they get to dictate it a bit more. And, and I have absolutely no issue with it. I had no issue when Pierre-Luc Dubois did it in the NHL. I had no issue when Adam Fox forced two trades. Hell yeah, man. Like, take take control of your destiny. Go for it. And, and I know in hockey we're trained. We hate him because of it, but it doesn't bother me that much. And if I'm a GM and I see that, there's an opportunity to get him for you know, maybe a Jamie Drysdale, which I still think was a good return for Briere. I take, I try to take that chance and grab a guy like Gauthier, you know, I just, again, I, I understand people don't like it, but we're talking about an 18 year old or a 19 year old, you know, that's essentially just looking and saying, I'm going to be here for 10 years, 10 fucking years. That's a long time, man, to be in a situation you're not comfortable with. So I get it. They make a lot of money, but just like any other human on earth, I believe that workers should be able to dictate, at least have a say and where they work. Is that fair? Yeah, as Joe Segreto mentions, Fox did it. Fox did it twice before he was even in the NHL. Like that's 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 something or else, right? Carolina and then the Rangers. So or from Calgary, Carolina, the Rangers. So uh, I know we're we're conditioned to think these guys are hockey robots and they should just do what they're told and we own the rights for ten years. But something about that is unsettling to me, you know. And again, I, I like I. I've been around this game for over 30 years now. I, I get how it works. I just, I'm not going to bemoan an 18-year-old for wanting a say in his future. That's, that's my opinion on Cutter Goatee. Now, if I own the team, maybe I, I'd, I'd, be a little, I'd pull back a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I don't mind it one bit. Uh, Jean Small mentions, Gouli and a second for Goatee. Would you have done it? Yeah, done. See, that was easy. Absolutely. Um... Jean also mentioned earlier, I do not, I understand not wanting to move Reinbacher because he's a righty, but would you have moved Gouli for Gauthier? Okay, same thing. I would have moved Gouli easily, and, and I really like, oh, a, again, you're losing. Hmm. You know what? Maybe that's a little harder to, Gouli some nights looks like he just has that elite potential and, and his numbers to start the year were great. I started the show by praising him. I just think it's so much harder to get an impact offensive player, right? So that's kind of what I'm judging it on uh, right now is, is the Habs need elite offensive talent and they have a ton of defensemen. And listen, not everyone's going to make it. So trading Gouli is still risky, um, but I, I probably would have done it. Yeah. I guess that one of the risks is that he doesn't fit that core with like Caulfield and Suzuki in terms of age, but it's a couple of years down. Yeah, I think I would have traded Cutter Goatee for, for Ken Gouli. Probably, and again, it's so much easier for me to say, but yeah, I would have done that deal. Uh, Josh Zinner mentions, once my hockey knowledge gets better, I got to do research about tracking prospects. Hey, you know what I do, Josh? At the end of every year, I buy like a couple guides and I pretend I know what I'm talking about <laughs> before the draft. Now, all I do is watch hockey after they're drafted, but seriously, before the draft, just, I'm like Homer in my head. Doo, 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 doo. I, don't, I don't really pay attention. Um, but I've had a chance to watch Guti a lot because he plays with Jacob Fowler for Boston College and Man, he's always shooting, just always shooting, you know? Having a guy like him and Lane Hudson on the power play, whoo, whoo, that would be, that'd be pretty sexy, I gotta admit. Yeah, okay, uh, Trinka, going back to my argument about Gauthier, uh, good, I only read the first sentence, so please make sure the second sentence is good, but I'm gonna go for the whole thing now. I think if he doesn't want to play there, it's probably best that he doesn't play there. Mais oui, absolument. And I, I, I listen, I've never seen such a concerted effort. The Flyers, I love it. They they, <laughs> they sent an email to someone, everyone saying like, fuck this guy. <laughs> so you have like the owner, the CEO, the coach, the GM going on. <laughs> Players just trashing goatee. It's a little petty, but I kind of love it too. So like you're allowed, right? I, I know Flyers fans are going to give it to them, but I thought the response from the Flyers was beautifully petty. Just it was a full on screw this guy campaign. And, and at the crux of it is, as you mentioned, Trinka, he didn't want to play there. Are you going to force him to, to play, you know? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Like uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois in, in California right now, not doing too good. But there's some good news for the Habs. Dubois scored tonight for Montreal's PWHL team. So they got the Dubois they really wanted in, in the long run. Um, okay, and another good point here. I mean, he has been thrown in the, the, the great points here lately. Uh... I blame his camp for communication problems and not him for wanting out. Now, that's really good. And the reason why that's so good is because his agent, ghosting people 
not great. But as a player, you you hire an agent for that exact reason. Not returning their calls, that sucks. Now, I don't know if Philly was just harassing him or whatnot, but it sounds like they just wanted to touch base. So I agree there. His camp does not come out looking very good here for Cutter Gauthier. Um, yeah, Tristan covered Kay's ears before you trade Gooley first. I noticed that Kay's not in the chat, so that's why I traded Gooley. We don't tell her. We don't, we, we don't say. Um, Claire, Claire mentions, the weird thing is that Gauthier said he was built for the Flyers, was so excited for playing with them. I said some stuff about my employers before when I wasn't, you know, like, I also like the people that give me money every week, you know? <laughs> so... What can he say in that situation, right? He he grew up loving Pittsburgh, and he said that it wasn't uh, it wasn't necessarily about John Tortorella. It was just a he he just didn't like what he was seeing, and it wasn't you know personal or anything. So I feel like it's going to happen a lot more often. It's going to happen a lot more often with high end prospects where they decide fuck it, I don't want to go there. I'm surprised that it's fit that he did that to Philly though, because Philly rarely has that kind of issue. But still, Frederic Wallet with a great question: Would you abolish a draft tomorrow? I'm named commissioner. The first thing I do, 12 seconds in, draft abolished. We don't get to own these guys for 10 years. Then I get fired, but at least I made an impact. Um, I, I hate the idea of the draft. Rewarding bad teams with good players, it's false parody. It's absolutely false parody. And before anyone says, oh, what, you want it like the English Premier League? Yeah, absolutely I would. Why? It's, first of all, it's the most popular league in the entire world. Also, what they do is with their TV contracts, the teams at the bottom still get the same amount. Of, Chelsea makes as much money as, 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 what's a bad team other than Tottenham? <laughs> as, as, let's say, the Wolves, right? So there's still a good amount of money that flows around. They have to be good to attract talent. And to me, that makes a whole lot of sense, right? I hate the idea that bad teams get... Like, I hate the idea that Chicago is going to end up with Macklin Celebrini on top of Connor Bedal. Does that sit well with you? I mean, San Jose has a better chance at Celebrini, but we know that Chicago has that just... The, the, the hockey gods love them. And on top of giving them every outdoor game, they're giving them high-end prospects. And that just doesn't sit right with me. I think you should be a good team to attract talent. Is that too much to ask? Probably. But if we establish a relegation system... And I, and I know it's really way more complicated than this, but I, I feel like they should follow almost every other league on earth. Because I don't, I don't love false parity. I really don't. I don't think it's that worth it. All right. Uh, da, da, da. Josh mentions, what books do I read for the prospects? I read HockeyProspect.com. It's called The Black Book. Amazing. And you'll see it's, it's tick, tick, tick. It's like, it's like Nick Suzuki's legs. Very tick. And um, they have game reports for everyone. Go check it out. HockeyProspect.com. They have a huge team of scouts. And to me, you need different voices before the draft. Like, I, I, I always respect a guy like Scott Wheeler, who does so much work for the draft, but it's one voice, right? And he can't be everywhere at once. And again, he's actually, he's the only guy who does solo predictions that I really, really love reading. But a team is always better, right? So you have different voices, different opinions. They get to watch a lot more games. Uh, let's see what else we have in the chat before we wrap up here. Trinka, I still think that once you're eliminated from the playoffs, you have to play to get to the top pick. The best of the worst. Yeah, that's the uh, Mika. The Mika style, right? Ineffective math. Um, Mika Blake Curdy. McCurdy mentioned that. And yeah, he's smart. Just listen to what he does. Listen to what he says. That would be a great way to do it. So the moment you're eliminated, then the points start counting, right? Or, or you'd go by, by win percentage. And the team, the worst team that was the best gets that pick. There you go. We just solved the issue right there without having to relegate the Ottawa Senators to the AHL. Yeah, everyone's booing the Chicago pick, but you know they're going to get a good player. Uh, now, we have to admit that maybe Karma's not smiling on them too strongly this year. They have absolutely everyone's out. Connor Bedal might still win the Calder, even though he's going to miss eight weeks. But uh, yeah, it's been a rough... I think they're the only team that have more injuries than the Montreal Canadiens. All right. Um, yeah, everyone's just... <laughs> trashing Chicago now in the in the chat and good that's what I wanted but to recap tonight Habs lost 3-2 Caden Primo fantastic he's traded uh, Sean Monahan scored he's traded Jake Allen wasn't even there or no he was he no he, yeah he was backup he's traded I traded everyone tonight as per usual but I really do think a guy like like Primo could fetch something on the open market because again Jake Allen's going to get you a third round pick but Primo 
has that potential. He could be anything. He could even be a boat, right? So the mystery value in there could be enticing for some teams. But again, Jake Allen's the veteran that has a Stanley Cup in his bag. On, in his bag. So we'll see how that works out. I, I'm interested to see how Kent Hughes navigates the whole three goalie thing because I've been critical of him having three goalies in, in the roster. It's just rough for all three, but uh, it might pay off. It sounds like it might pay off. All right, we're going to wrap this up. I'm here with you tomorrow. It was supposed to be Brian Wild tonight. He was supposed to join us. He's in Philly and his uh, power. They had a huge, huge storm. So he went to a Target and he was sending me messages. And he was saying, hey, listen, I can't come on. So we're going to re- re- uh, reschedule Brian Wild a little bit further down the road. But we have a lot of fun guests lined up. Actually, me and, me and uh, Andrew are meeting Friday to start lining up more guests. But uh, we have a lot of cool ones lined up down the road. Chris Peters, uh, NCAA expert, he's going to join us very soon as well. So we'll get a, a bit of an idea about how uh, Fowler and Tuck and Hudson are playing. And also we have um, Jessica Lemay, I believe. Yeah, I have to double check. But she's going to join us. She covers the Laval Rocket for Toussaint Hockey. It's a French site. So we're going to get her view. We haven't talked Rocket a lot this year. So we're going to get his view or her view, sorry, of the Laval Rocket. And finally, um, Thomas, who just joined. Hello, Thomas. Hey, you have a question. What does everyone in the media say National Hockey League instead of NHL? I know I write it just to hit a word count in my articles. Because <laughs> WordPress has this stupid thing where if you, you can't write long sentences, but you have to put a certain amount of words. It hates my style of writing because I just, I have to break it up line by line. But uh, it's three words. It comes for three words instead of one. But every time you are writing it, you should say National Hockey League first to establish, and then you go for there. In French, we say le circuit Batman, which is so weird, right? So we say the Batman's League. Or if it was, uh, it used to be uh, Courteau that was the uh, commissioner for the Quebec League, we'd say the same thing. Uh, let's see. So I prefer the French way. I find it's a little more flair, but we do attribute the entire league to Gary Batman. He owns that league. Yeah. All right. That's it for tonight. Thank you so much for joining. If you could like, subscribe, all that stuff. I'm not going to go through the spiel again, but I do appreciate everyone coming. It's like walking into a pub and seeing all your friends after every game. So merci, merci, merci. Thank you so much for joining us. Thomas, Trinka, Melissa, Jean, Josh, uh, Trinka, Chuzak. I said Trinka twice. Not bad. And uh, we again, just fantastic participation from the chat. I love you all. I will see you tomorrow immediately immediately after the game it's san jose man they have to win they have to win i just i don't care they have to win uh and we'll see you tomorrow after that game but in the meantime merci tout le monde thanks for coming in au revoir and we're going to end this i guess the same way as we ended every single time bye claire bye bye